Hello and welcome to Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you on your journey to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. This is your host, Beck Mylonis, High Priestess, Channel, and Activator. Join me on this series as I share reflections, insights, and channel transmissions from my journey of walking the initiation path. Each episode is a unique transmission containing supportive frequencies to facilitate the deepest healing, activation, and reconnection with your soul. I invite you to open your mind and set the intention to receive this episode into your heart space. Let's go. Welcome back, beautiful souls, to another episode of Cracked Open a podcast guiding you to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. I am so excited to bring on my guest for today, Dana Lisa. Dana is a marketing mentor and founder of a creative agency for visionary coaches. But first and foremost, she is one of my closest soul sisters and dear friends. I want to share the story of how I met Dana because I think it's one of the most fucking magical. Actually, today I've got two booked in of two of the most magical soulmate stories ever. So I'm really excited that we're starting with Dana because I think it just fills me with so much joy every time I communicate this story. So Dana and I met in Bali at the time when I met Dana, I was broke as fuck and really struggling. And I had been trying to make my coaching business work and it wasn't working. And that morning I put out like, okay, cool. If there's some other option of like work or something that can come in, maybe I can do some writing or whatever it is, just bring it to me, God. And I'd kind of just released. And I was like in this space of like, I'm going to have to probably leave if I don't start making money soon. And that I trust. And I was walking along the beach in Chengu walking along um, Batu Belong Beach. And I remember it was so fucking clear. I was about to go home and this voice that was so clear said to me, I'm going to get really emotional telling this story because it's just so beautiful. It was like, you need to go to Echo Beach now. And I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. Like, what the fuck? Why do I need to go to Echo Beach? But I trusted. It was so loud that I was like, I have to go to Echo Beach. And so I went and it was like, you had to climb up this thing and go over the stairs. And it was this whole like climbing up cliffs and things that I didn't really want to do. But I was like, I trust that it's so clear that I need to do it. And so I did. And when I got to Echo Beach, my friend Adrian was sitting there with Dana and another lady. And um, I kind of like didn't really know where I was there, but I was like, cool, Adrian's here. I'm going to sit down with them. And we were chatting for like an hour and I still was like, yeah, these people are cool, but I don't understand. And then out of the blue, Dana says, I don't know if like any of you guys happen to know any coaches who are also copywriters that like know a lot about the coaching industry and, and, you know, the, the rebirth and the, um, the wellness space, but also do copywriting. And I was like, Oh my God, it's me. (laughs) So I started working with Dana. Dana hired me to work for her and I was doing some part of her marketing company, writing for other coaches and visionaries. And we did that for a while. And then our friendship kind of morphed into more of a friendship. We went through several phases of, um, you know, dismantling hierarchy within our friendship. I always kind of pedestal Dana at the start because she was my boss and then transitioning from boss to friends. At some point, Dana gave up her agency. And so I took on all of her clients, which was a huge blessing for me. So thank you. Like you served me so well in that time. Um, and then our friendship kind of morphed into this beautiful sisterhood. Some of the experiences that Dana and I have shared have been so healing and profound for both of us. And I think Dana was one of the first people um, 
to fully be able to give me that unconditional love that I really sought from people. And I remember there was one mushroom journey we did together in Seedman and Dana was just holding me and she knows me so well that she knows my unlovable little child who likes to push people away when they get close and like act like a bitch and all my shit. And Dana was like, Beck, I see what you're doing. And I love you anyway. And I love this version of you, even though she's a little cunt, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and I'm not gonna let you, you know, push me away. And she just held me and she was like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And it was beautiful. And then unfortunately, Dana bailed on Bali in a, in a huge whirlwind of things and had to leave um, the country, which was super sad for me at the time. Um, Cause we'd just gotten so close. And then she left, she went to Costa Rica and Mexico, oh, sorry, not Mexico, Costa Rica and the States. And we found the time to meet again in Mexico about a year ago now, um, which was really beautiful. Well, actually it was, it was quite a hectic week for me, but it was nice to see her <laughs> in that space and get to reconnect to her again. So I'm so excited to see this woman again in person. It's been a while, but it's beautiful. No matter how much time we've taken apart, there's just this deep soul love between us and magic that happens every time we talk. So I'm excited about this podcast episode. I'm excited to have her here. And I would love for you, Dana, to tell us a little bit about you. Um, we know that you're a marketing thing, a marketing guru. Um, but to me, you're just really this beautiful divine feminine leader and visionary and your journey is so powerful. And I would love for you to share with the audience what your heroine journey is and how you came here to be where you are and who you are. So take it away, my love. Mm, I love our story so much. It's so, it brought me so much joy to hear you share it. And <laughs> I just felt so much pleasure in my heart to remember those times and the journey that we went on. Like we went on a heroin journey together to heal our relationship within ourselves so that we could really come into union in our friendship because it was really intense. Like we had some really intense moments and we, like you said, like we healed through so much together and I'm really proud of us. I'm really proud of what we've moved through and where we are today. And I'm really grateful for all of the beautiful gifts that we were able to share with each other just so far in our short relationship so far, there's still so much more to come. So and thank I you for say sharing as, that story. As well, like it seems to be that we were on the same trajectory, even though we went apart for times, like because mm. we were both on the same trajectory, things had to happen individually for us to crack open fully to then come and meet in our own love together. Like it was like we were resisting each other at first and we had our own shit and sisterhood wounds. And it's like every time we would see each other, we'd both grown and developed so much. And so that the capacity for our relationship to develop happened because we were showing up with each other and saying, let's fucking work on the things. And we were mm. on this same trajectory. So that's like that detachment of like, if this person's meant to be in my life, they will be. And we just kept coming together like magnets. So it's really, it's a beautiful story of like trust and people who are meant to be in your life. They're going to fucking find you. You're going to go to that beach. And like, there's no way I was missing you in this lifetime. Right. It was like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Sorry. I had to interject my little two cents there, but continue. <laughs> I loved it. Yes. It's true. And that's it. Like we forget sometimes that what is meant for us is inevitable. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to figure it out how it's going to happen. And I feel like that's very related to the conversation that we're going to be having today. So it's a beautiful, a beautiful liaison into that. And I think it's also very much like a metaphor for what you called my heroine journey, which is I lived most of my life for other people 
And I was up until the age of 28, really disconnected from spirituality, from God, from myself. And I was doing everything on autopilot. I went to university right out of high school. I studied psychology and business development. And then I had a gap year where I did my culinary arts and I fell in love really young and I got married really young. And I set myself up with, you know, this safe environment of stability, a stable relationship, stable finances, stable jobs. And ultimately it accumulated in me being 28 years old and having this moment of being so anxious and depressed that I was going back to therapy for the sixth or seventh time. And I was living in the Cayman Islands with my ex-husband and who was my husband at the time. And my life looked so good from the outside looking in. Everything looked perfect. I was on this beautiful beach. I was on the Caribbean ocean. I was having boat parties with friends. According to social media, looking at the highlight reel from the outside looking in, everything looked really, really good. And I think this is this is so related to the coaching industry. I just want to put a little caveat in here that there's a lot of people who are in the coaching industry who you see the highlight reel and you see the inspiration perfect Instagram feed and you see the amazing posts and we're really tapping into this age of discernment where we can feel energetically whether someone is in their transparency. And this was me living my lie at that point in my life. I'm really grateful that I learned this lesson when I did, which was that no matter how perfectly painted the mask was underneath it. I still felt the way that I felt and it didn't matter what other people's perception of my life was. It mattered what my perception of my life was and whether I was happy and fulfilled. And that required me to make really big decisions about what I was going to do because I was so out of alignment at that point in my life. My relationship was out of alignment. My career was out of alignment my physical health was out of alignment. My mental and emotional health was out of alignment. And I went back to therapy and I'm really grateful for the therapist that I went to see at that time, because I had seen many therapists up until that point. And I was actually kind of worried. I remember thinking like, I hope this actually helps. I don't know if it's gonna, because I've seen a lot of therapists and I've done a lot of talk therapy and I'm not sure if that's actually going to serve me. But this therapist was amazing and she, she saved my life because I was very depressed to the point of contemplating suicide at that time. And she, she diagnosed me with anxiety and depression and I was put on medication. And that was a turning point for me because it did numb the anxiety and depression, but it also numbed everything else. I wasn't experiencing fulfillment. I wasn't experiencing joy. I was really zombified and I decided there's got to be more to life than this. Either there's got to be more to life than this, or this isn't worth living. And that decision sounds dramatic, but it was the truth. It was the truth for me at that time. And so I started to take steps, radical, brave, courageous steps outside of my comfort zone with the power of God and prayer behind me for the first time in my life and faith really taking the wheel for the first time in my life, trusting that there was a better plan for me than the one that I had planned for myself. And my life blew up first. 
<laughs> it didn't like go all smooth or anything. I'm not going to lie and say like, and then I made hundreds of thousands of dollars instantly and fell in love again. <laughs> Absolutely not. However, my life blowing up at that moment in time was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it was the first time I took the mask off. And it was the first time that I allowed people to see the truth of who I was. And I was honest with myself for the first time, which meant I was learning to love myself unconditionally for the first time. We all want to, we want people to love us unconditionally, but we show up in our life with so many conditions. We treat people a certain way and we people please and we wear masks and we're inauthentic and we don't speak our truth. And then we wonder why we feel so lonely in a room full of people who supposedly love us. And that was my greatest gift in that moment was taking that mask off and recognizing that I needed to love myself and I needed to stop showing up with conditions so that other people had the opportunity to truly love me unconditionally too. And that was really the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. My relationship fell apart. I ended up eventually flushing my medication down the toilet, which I'm not a doctor and that is not medical advice. Caveat, I'm not recommending that you do that. <laughs> However, that was my path and that was the that was the path that I chose for myself was to holistically and naturally heal my mental health. And I started my business. I bought a one-way ticket with less than $200 in my bank account. And I just decided this is happening. I decided I made a really big decision. This is happening. And I've done some really incredible things since then. I have traveled to so many incredible countries. I have met so many incredible people. I have hosted retreats. I have hosted in-person VIP immersions. I have had a podcast and a blog and I've had multiple companies and I've grown and scaled multiple companies to six figures. And I've co-hosted events with incredible people and I've built true the my biggest achievement I really believe is I've built true amazing intimate incredible relationships and I feel so supported no matter what comes my way I feel so supported by God I feel so supported by my friends I feel so supported by life and that's given me a deep sense of gratitude and fulfillment and joy that I didn't even know was possible just five years ago so I'm still in it. I'm still on the heroine's journey. I've had moments where I thought I was in the return this past year. I thought I was like, okay, I'm closing this nomad chapter and I'm done traveling and I'm moving to Texas and I'm going to be near my family and I'm going to buy a home and I'm going to sow roots and do all of these things. And I learned yet again, another lesson in control and trust in God's plan and faith that even though it's not going the way I thought it would, that it's going the way it's meant to. And I'm still traveling. I'm still meeting incredible people. I'm still having incredible relationships. And I'm still learning so much about myself and so much about my mission and what my purpose is. So that's where I'm at right now is, I love it. yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> so many things in there that I was like, hmm, what do I extrapolate on? I think it's really cool. We shared a similar journey of like being on the medication and being like, I don't want to be numb. Like I can't live like this anymore. And that was my journey as well. Um, I love that you say that you're still in this process of death and rebirth. And that is something that I do feel like we're going to talk about later on this podcast. But I think the word God keeps coming up. And this is definitely where I want to take this podcast. And it feels really alive for me today. And I know you've gone on this journey to reclaim God and, and what that is because so many of us have this resistance because of religion and how we grew up. Like I know you had a kind of semi-religious upbringing and I also had a semi-religious upbringing or we were exposed to religion in a way where we were like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And I renounce this and I'm going to rebel and fucking I'm spiritual and blah, blah. Um, and then that coming back to God and God's faith. And there's actually, I want to share a little, a little bit of a a story a fable or whatever I've been really 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 connecting with Jesus at the moment like massively connecting with Jesus and um it's so funny even saying that because I'm like oh my god what Jesus it's it's funny for me to hear myself say that when I had so much resistance in my past but I've been watching this show called The Chosen and um there was this it's about Jesus's life and the disciples and all this stuff and I'm having this full-on religious experience watching it and and really reclaiming God in this different way and and accepting the divine father, right? Because I've always seen God as paternal, like the divine mother, the goddess, but it's coming back to that divine father, God, masculine God, the God in the Bible, the God, you know, that God that I've been reclaiming. And there was a story yesterday in the episode that I was watching and I was a fucking mess. I was crying my eyes out and it was little James had come to Jesus and he's like, he had some sort of injury or like illness. And he said, you know, you want me to go and preach these gospels. You want me to go heal people, but I'm not healed. Like I have this, this physical thing and, and I don't understand, you know, why can't you heal me? And Jesus said to him, <laughs> you get really emotional. He was like, I can heal you. You've seen me heal people. Like we can do this. I can heal you. But, and that would be a good story, right? You'd be another story of the miraculous healing of God, but you being in the patience with yourself for your, for your illness, like you healing others and serving with that illness, you showing up in your commitment to God, in your faith, even though you're in this suffering and having patience with that suffering and knowing that this body is temporary, to me, that's a more pain, a more powerful story. And the message was like, can you have faith and trust in God's plan for you, even when it doesn't look the way that, you know, you want to, and God has this plan, right? Regardless of, how shitty it might look at the time or what you're having to deal with and face. And for me, it really, really sang, it sang in my heart because it was like, there's a lot of suffering on this path that we've chosen. And there is, and I know it can also be magical and beautiful. And for me, I've had many moments of being like, why can't I be fucking healed? Why can't I have all the things? Why can't I this? Why can't I that? Why am I always going through these deaths and rebirths in this process? And what Jesus was saying is like, there are a few people who can go through that stuff and still have faith. And you don't need the miracles and you don't need the magic and you don't need the things to have that faith and that trust in your plan and trusting that where you are and how you are is exactly where you need to be. And so I think for me, my journey has really been about surrendering to a plan that's bigger than me and trusting that I am exactly where I am going through exactly what I need to go through in order to be able to fulfill my mission. But it's not even my mission. It's like God's mission for me and reclaiming what that means. So I would love for you to tell us about your journey with God, because I know you've gone through a similar kind of reclamation, even around saying the word God, because there's so much charge um, and you know, like resistance to Christianity and religion and all of this stuff. So what has that journey looked like for you? And, and what has that involved? Mm. 
I love that. And I loved the story that you shared. It's so interesting because at the beginning of this podcast, right before I hopped on um, to our recording, I was thinking about some of the things that have been coming up for me over the last few weeks and around faith and around trust and around God. And I agree, like I've always looked at God as this very divinely masculine energy. It is for me, the one true divine masculine, the one true divine provider, the one thing that is a stable and a constant, no matter what other provision may sway or change throughout the course of our life. And I was thinking about how I have to decide that I was chosen, how a huge part of my wound, and then you called the show the chosen. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to watch this show. And I literally was thinking the word the chosen as we were hopping onto this call. It was so beautiful. When you said it, I got full body chills. And I was thinking how a lot of my own self-inflicted suffering has been around this theme of not proclaiming myself as chosen by God, not chosen by my clients, not chosen by my partner, not chosen by my family, not chosen by my friends, not even necessarily chosen by myself, but chosen by God for this mission, for this purpose. So I really resonated with what you were saying. And that was something that's been integrating for me from some experiences that I've been having over the last few weeks. And I grew up with kind of conflicting religious and conversation around God in my household because my grandparents were very Christian. And so I went to church with them and I experienced religion in the sense of going to church and praying and singing gospel and, and talking about God and accepting Jesus into my heart and going to Bible study. And I also lived in a home with my mother who was very atheist and who was very against religion and had been raised by my grandparents. And because she was raised by my grandparents, she had kind of rejected the notion of Christianity because she had seen some of the lack of integrity and the incongruency between the gospel that was being hammered into her and the way that she was treated in her home. And so I grew up with this kind of conflict of having my mother raising me atheist and kind of making jokes about if she stepped foot in the church, how it would set on fire, which is so funny because it made me think about being a witch and, and being, and I, I really read. Oh, I have, oh my God, I have a story about that. Please <laughs> let me tell that story when we come back about being in a church as a witch. Like I'm okay. going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell that story because fuck like, yes, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Bookmarked. So, I mean, that that was very much, you know, part of my lineage. And there was truth in that for me, where it was like, I don't actually resonate with the institution of church and the institution of religion. And part of the reason why I went to church was because I did on some, I feel more unconscious level, have a resonance with God. I knew there was something bigger than me. I did believe in the miraculous. I believed in something that was so much larger than my brain could understand. And also I didn't agree with a lot of the hierarchy and the structure and the systems and the kind of man-made 
ideology around what your relationship should or shouldn't look like with God. And so as I grew up, I never really reconciled those things. I just kind of, I didn't think about it. I ended up eventually just deciding that I didn't believe in God then and making my own jokes about God and religion ending up in a marriage where my partner also didn't believe in God. And eventually that came to a spearhead when this awakening happened when I was 28. And my kind of catalyst for going on a spiritual awakening journey, I always laugh because it really happened out of comparisonitis. I was seeing what other successful mentors and coaches were doing. And I was starting my coaching and my mentorship business. And I was learning about mindfulness and meditation and all these different practices that when you do them, eventually, if they really truly are integrated as a practice, you will end up inevitably cultivating a relationship with God. But I didn't know that. So I kind of got in like the vanilla gate. It was like I had a little like gateway drug of like, oh, we're just going to meditate and journal and like, yeah, mindfulness and universe and source. And Lord I was of Attraction. Like, yeah. Abraham, Lord Hicks. Attraction. <laughs> yes, Abraham Hicks. Same, like, I, I feel safe and cozy with all these words. Like none of these scare me. And we, we'll just put that G word over there and like never really talk about it. And I remember as things were starting to fall apart in my life, having conversations with my then husband and him being like, so what you believe in God now? Like, and me being like, no, no, no. And kind of like rejecting it. Like I believe in the universe (laughs) and kind of rejecting this notion of God because it was so interconnected with religion and church for me. And I didn't want to identify with a specific religion or the church and this institution that I didn't believe in. And so It took me a while, a few years to really own the word God. And then it took me even longer to own God in my business and to come through and begin to actually speak to God and the concept of God as my understanding through my own channel and through my own experiences and not be scared of using the word God for fear of offending or triggering people the way that I used to be offended or triggered. And now I'm in this place where I'm, I use the word God all of the time. I talk about like the Holy Trinity of marketing and having a connection to God is one of the pillars that is necessary to have a thriving business. In my opinion, if it's going to fulfill you, if it's to me, there is no separation between a fulfilling, successful entrepreneurial venture and a relationship with God, because that successful entrepreneurial venture And I'm talking about the kind of success that's actually fulfilling. I'm not just talking about monetary success. I'm not just talking about impact success. I'm talking about intrinsically rewarding, lit up from the inside out success that really ignites your soul, that ignites your passion, that makes you feel alive. That requires God. And so the conversation around God, I just kind of decided that, oh, well, maybe I can just, you know, remove the kind of gateway drug that I had to go through. And yeah, there's those still exist. There's already other people doing it, but there's also people who are ready to have this conversation about God and are ready to bring that word, the, the brevity of what that actually means and the integrity of the truth of what these other concepts that we're talking about in these obscure ways actually means to this industry. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. I want to, um, I'm feeling something moving in the field and I feel it is an appropriate time to tell my story um, because so many people who are listening to this podcast and so many people like you and me, we identify as priestesses, witches, you know, we're the rebels, we're the fucking seers, we're the rule breakers. And so our resistance to God is actually a resistance to religion and the ways in which the gospel and the ways in which the Bible and the ways in which religion and the patriarchy has essentially rejected us, cast us out. It's a witch wound, right? So I want to share one of the most profound fucking things that I've ever facilitated in my life was I went to Perth at the end of last year and um, I was set to do, the, it was a women's festival, a women's kind of big women's festival doing women's work with lots of magical woo-woo things, <laughs> woo-woo things. And um, I was set to do this healing the witch wound workshop and the day, so they set me up in this like tent outdoors the day of <laughs> the day that I was due to do this thing and I had like women coming up to me that whole event being like I need to come to your workshop I don't know why I need to come to this healing the witch wound I was like cool I had no expectation showed up to this thing on a random whim where I saw this Facebook thing and I felt like I had to do this anyway long story short had no kind of like expectation no understanding of why I was there and that land had a lot of trauma as well. There was a lot of like sexual trauma and horrible things done to the children who lived on that land. So I could feel all this trauma in the land. But the day of the, the actual activation, the organizer called me and she goes, Beck, we've got a problem. Your space has been rained out. And I've been trying to think about what the fuck to do. The only place we have left for you to facilitate this witch wound workshop for a bunch of witches is the chapel. And I was like, holy fuck my whole body is like goosebumps um that was like whoa I see what's happening here I understand what this is about and so this workshop that we actually did it was like 60 70 women I was literally doing this seg this congregation um this sermon sorry to this congregation in a church my Greek grandma who was super religious like super super Christian orthodox would be very proud of me but it almost felt sacrilegious at some point I was like oh my god and I had to bring myself back to like God wants us to be here, right? Like God wants us to heal these wounds and come into this union with God and to release all of this pain and anger and dismay around the patriarchy and religion, right? So this is the place for us to be here. So I had to get rid of like, the, I'm going to hell for being here because I came in with my sage and my fucking like medicine music. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not meant to be here. And I could feel there were spirits who didn't want me to be there and all these things. So as I'm setting up, I'm like, God, please, you know, Jesus, I was calling in Jesus and Mary and all the, you know, the Catholic kind of <laughs> all the masters from that lineage. And I was like, you know, help this to serve. And what came through was this huge, huge healing for those women of like, and, and that space as well, because there was a lot of harm done by religious institutions to children in that space. It was horrible. There's been some horrible things done to humanity due to these institutions. And what I could feel was this anger and resentment clearing towards religion, towards God, towards a Christian God, towards Jesus, towards all these concepts. Um, but the message that was coming through is like, truly God is love and forgiveness. And that was the original intention of the gospel of, you know, Jesus's teachings of the Bible. It's this compassion, this unconditional love. And when I've experienced God, it has been unconditional love. It has not been judgment. There is no judgment. The judgment comes from humans, right? From men in the patriarchy, wanting women to be small and, and all of this stuff. Um, and so many of us have suffered so much at the hands of these institutions that we don't want to reclaim God because there's so much pain there. And so that was what was clearing. It was really profound. And, you know, we were all just handing it to God and all these women were having these massive experiences. I didn't even have to do anything. I just said my sermon. I'm going to call it a sermon because that's what it felt like. It was a sermon. And 
and had all this clearing happening. And then at the end, um, one of the women who has this more kind of like pagan background, she was like, she had to leave. She was so triggered by the whole thing that she was like, I'm so angry. And I need, she, after everyone left and it was this beautiful healing, she said, Beck, I really need to fucking, I need you to hold some space for me because I'm angry. And I was like, okay. So she came in and it was just me and her and maybe like three or four others. She laid out this altar of all this pagan stuff. She called in Freya. She had a frankincense. It was this full on Viking, like <laughs> crazy dark goddess thing. And there was all of us were screaming and crying and releasing all this pain. And I remember at the end, the facilitator came back and she was like, look, I understand what you're doing. I understand the core of what you're doing. And I, I know that it's a pure, like it's coming from love, but there are some like people here on this land looking after this land that are super Christian. And if they were to see this, I'd see it as super disrespectful and like they'd freak out. So Beck, I want you to make sure like once everyone leaves this space, you clear it and you bring it back to like acceptance and non-judgment and, you know, releasing any of that anger and judgment around the religion. So at the end, it was really funny. Like I was sitting there with God and I was like, thank you. I love you. I see you. You know, I see you in the Christian context. I see you in any context. And I bring that neutrality back to this space because there was a lot of pain, um, you know, from the pagan side and all this stuff that was, that was being cleared. And we know in our hearts that when we're connecting to God, it's this God of love and unconditional love. And we know that there's no judgment and God doesn't, you know, judge us for having sage or judge us for having crystals or judge us for calling ourselves a witch or whatever that is. But there are still people who are really heavily identified with that religion and the, the, um, it's not even shame. It's like judgment and fear of like sinning and going to hell and all of that stuff. And these people are just trying to hold on to their faith in the way that they know how, and they might be evangelistic in what they're trying to do. So I've had many people commenting on TikTok or whatever it is being like, you need to find Jesus. It's, it's wrong for you to channel and to be psychic and, and to call on spirits and all this stuff. And you should know what you're doing and all of this, there's judgment, right? And the irony is that at the, at the core of what I'm doing, it's connecting to love and it's connecting to truth and it's connecting to the original kind of like essence of what Christianity was formed around. But there's going to be people who don't understand that. They're not going to understand that. They're not going to understand your relationship with God. And there's no point arguing with them, right? Like there's no point arguing with people who are on different paths because that's where they're at and they believe that that's right for them. And I think religion is very damaging in a way because it pits us against each other. It's judgment. It's this way is right. This way is wrong. And, and in everything that I've experienced from God is neutrality. It's non-judgment. Everything is perfect in God's eyes. Everything is whole and complete. There is no right. There is no wrong. It's just pure acceptance and love. Um, and that's kind of the frequency that I think many of us hold in our hearts that we're here to share, but we need to release that anger around religion and anger towards those people because even you know this woman was so angry at the church and she was so angry at christians and you know it was this us or them mentality which is taking us away from the unity that god really is here to bring through us and our message and that's why i love jesus at the moment i'm really really connecting with him because of his journey and how many people like he essentially was martyred because of his beliefs and how many people were trying to call him out or they were afraid of the gospel that he was truly speaking because that gospel was everyone is equal and everyone is worthy and everyone is 
um, accepted and, and can you forgive and love your brother, even if they're doing something that is wrong or whatever that is. Um, so it's just, it's ironic to me that that's the, the truth of the gospel, but it gets lost in judgment and comparison and needing to be right. So that's my two cents. Um, I would love, you know, to hear what you, your opinion on all of that is. Mm, I love that. That is such an epic story. And that remembrance of like, okay, I feel like I'm being sacrilegious right now, but God literally chose this. Like literally the place where this was supposed to happen, got rained out. This was the only place that was available. This was chosen. I didn't even orchestrate this. God orchestrated this. Like it has nothing to even do with me. I am just here to deliver it. That's it. That's so epic. Yeah. I think what that brought up for me was kind of related to what I was talking about around the chosen, being the chosen. And this was to me, Jesus, like at the core of the gospel that Jesus was preaching was that everyone is unconditionally loved. And there is no, like, we're all forgiven. All is forgiven, regardless of, you know, who you are and what you have done. All is forgiven. If you ask, if you give yourself to God and I, I feel like that's so closely reson related and in resonance with this concept of recognizing that you have been chosen, you have been chosen by God. And so many of us are in survival mode, fighting for validation from powers outside of us that are in the 3D reality. We're fighting for our parents' affection or love or a partner's affection or love or a friend's approval or a society's approval. And this is one of the things that can be the thing that takes us off our path of God's mission for us the fastest is when we're looking for external validation in a authority outside of ourselves that is anything other than God. Like we all fundamentally like know what we're here to do. Like we can tap into our soul and be like, oh my gosh, it would be so amazing to like do this and do that. And then it's so easy to immediately go into like, oh no, but I can't, I can't do that. Who am I to do that? Like what? No, like nah. And this is an, an immediate distortion of matrix programming. It's an immediate, like that's a perfect example of how immediate those distortions are. Because why would you have been given that desire in the first place if it was not of the service to unity and God's mission for you. And this isn't to say we don't have certain desires that are also programmed. Like there may be things that we distort for desire that are actually programming, you know, like watching a lot of porn, for example, when it's like, it doesn't actually make you feel good. And it has you be disconnected from intimacy and true human connection, right? It might feel like a desire, but it's more of a lust that is a conditioning. And we have many things like this. That's just one example. Like even the lust to do something that we don't actually want to do just because it's the thing that'll make us more money. And right? gay months. 10K months in yeah. the coaching industry. 10K months, yeah. 10K yeah. months. Yeah, I mean, I think now it's like the 100K month, you know? It's like 10K is not even enough anymore because the industry's been around a while and too many people have heard the 10K month. So it's just like this constant need to prove, to validate, to show like, see, my mission is worthy. What I'm doing is awesome. I am awesome. And this is, you know, the ego, which is like this whole other conversation. And there is still the spiritual ego as well, which can be just as trippy, if not even more, like, because it's even more distorted and like nuanced and tricky. 
But the point being, fundamentally, God's mission for all of us brings us closer into unity, closer into love, closer into deep, intimate connection with one another. And we all have real, true desires that are rooted in that place of wanting to bring humanity together in that way. And when we operate from that place, when we relieve ourselves of this conditioning, we reprogram these thoughts, we allow ourselves to take steps in the direction of those core fundamental desires. That's when magic starts to happen. Synchronicity, miracles line up for us, things that we didn't even know were possible, things that we couldn't have possibly planned or conceptualized fall into place really naturally, like you ending up in this church for this event. And it's not because we planned them because our imagination is naturally limiting. It's because God has a greater plan for us. And when we give ourselves to that path, we're so incredibly supported in every way, shape and form beyond our even possible imaginings of the support that we thought was available to us. And a lot of people are limiting themselves from experiencing that by not creating this relationship with God. They're playing in the realm of limitation of even something like a 10K month, consistent 10K months. Like this is naturally a limitation in the sense that you could actually potentially generate way more than that, or you could generate less than that, but be find out you're so supported in other ways that are so much like all that money that you wanted to get to, to be supported in these other ways. You're actually so already supported in those other ways. And it's not all about the 10 K, right? Like that's an example. And this is what we come to realize and the experiences that we have when we do this work to come into union with God. Yeah. And it's the, like the trusting piece, right? It's the trusting. And we talked about kind of like death and rebirth as well, like trusting that even in those moments where you're going through that death rebirth, things are being taken from you, things are being rearranged, things are not looking the way that you, you know, thought or desired them to be. Like, I want to say to get to that fucking moment in that church, I'd gone through six months of dismantling and pain and fucking like dying and dying and dying and being like, God, what the fuck are you doing to me? Like, how much more of this do I have to go through? And then at that event, I could see it because I was a pure channel. And had I still had all that inner child conditioning and fear around demons attacking me and all the things that I had to go through around my sovereignty to deliver that peace, I would not have been ready, right? Like I was being prepared to do that. And so like, I think again, and just keep thinking about it because it's been like in my mind a lot as I'm watching this series about Jesus and his apostles and all the stuff that they had to go through, the initiations to be able to be that messenger, be that vessel, be that channel they had to really let go of what they thought they needed to be doing or what it looked like to them or what was their idea or what their ego wanted. Because sometimes what your ego wants is not what God wants for you. And sometimes you may not get the payoff like immediately. You might not get the payoff ever, <laughs> right? Because it's not a fucking about the payoff. It's about the journey along the way. And this is for myself too, because I find it, it's, it's frustrating to me a lot of the time of why do I go through the things that I go through or why does this have to be difficult and why can't I snap my fingers and be done with this process? But my soul in this mission, in this journey, desires to go to those places, desires to go through this constant rebirthing because it's what it enables me to show up and be a pure vessel, right? Like I have to go through these things to a degree. And that's not to say that you have to suffer to fulfill your mission, but it's like, there's this divine orchestration 
and, and people say this to me, they're like, what, what happens when you suddenly go into this death phase and you start purging? Like what happens? What, what brings that on? And I'm like, literally nothing brings it on. It just happens. It's just a cycle that my soul is like, okay, hey, we're ready to go here now. We're ready to clear X, Y, Z. And I don't know why I'm clearing those things, but it's always perfect, right? And if I was to resist that and be like, no, you know, I'm supposed to be in my summer now. I'm supposed to be making money. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing that. This is like annoying. I had this podcast interview and I was up all night fucking with my Kundalini all activated and purging. Like you don't understand in those moments why you're going through it because you're attached to what you think it should look like or what you think or where you think you should be or how far along you think you should be or what, you know, you think things like I have been like waiting for this man to show up in my life for fucking five, six years, like a partner. Right. And there's a reason he's not here yet. There is a divine fucking reason he's not here. Yet. And I have to keep reminding myself of like, my timing is not God's timing. And as long as I keep aligning myself with my truth and my mission and showing up and asking, how can I serve today? What is it that you would like to express today through me? And sometimes that's my own healing process, which is preparing me for the next way I'm going to serve or whatever that is. Just trusting that I have these desires. They are meant to be mine. I don't know when it's going to fucking happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's not up to me to happen because I could be walking along the beach randomly in Changu someday and I get a ping in my mind of go to this place on the beach and then, oh my God, there's this soulmate there. Like the number of fucking times soulmates have showed up in my life miraculously when they were meant to. Like you can't make this shit up. We can't orchestrate that. I can't have been like, so this chick that I don't even know is going to make these plans. Like the number of things that had to fall into place for us to meet on that beach or like even in Mexico, you were saying in Mexico and we were together, you're like, you're going to meet a man in Mexico. And I was like, I don't even like, I just got out the whiplash of my previous relationship and I can't be fucked with that. But like the number of things that had to happen for me to go to Mexico firstly, then to be stuck in Mexico, to then meet this man where I had this whole experience, like total soulmate had to go through that. I had to get COVID. I had to get not allowed on my plane. I had to like then fucking go to Salom on my own, which was terrifying. And lots of things had to happen. Right. So I look at the number of things in my life that had to happen exactly how they happened. And there was a perfection in it that I couldn't orchestrate because I can't even, like, I'm so limited in what I can perceive, but God is not limited. And God is always working everything out in the background, the perfect timing. Um, you know, I love talking about this stuff. So, and I actually don't know the story. If you want to share how you and your current partner kind of got together, because I'm sure there's a wild magical story. I just feel to ask you about that. Um, I love sharing about soulmates. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. So it's been really interesting, like the last year. So as I mentioned earlier in my heroine's journey, I was married. So I got married very young. I was with the same person for seven years until I was 28 years old, like 20 to almost 28 years old. I was with the same person. And so leaving that relationship, I hadn't really had a lot of dating experiences. Like, of course, when I was a lot younger, but it, I was going into the world of dating, which was new. It was like Tinder and Bumble and like all these dating apps and all these things. And I was in this world suddenly of people kind of looking for like instant gratification. And I went through a lot of experiences in that time. Like I knew I didn't want to repeat the same pattern that I had repeated with my partner, my ex-husband, but I also knew that fundamentally there were core things in that relationship that I really loved, but I was on this self-discovery journey and I knew that nothing would ever be the same again. And I came out of another semi-long-term, it was a year and a half 
or so long relationship uh, about two years ago now. And coming out of that relationship, I mean, it rocked me, like it totally rocked my world. And I have a history of a very anxious attachment style. Like I just want it to be like, I want to know and I want to be validated. I want to like, I want this person to be like, yeah, you're my person. And I just want it to be like this. And I have so many like ego attachments around around like who I think my partner is going to be and the work that I think we're going to do together and how it's going to look. And I get humbled again and again in relationship. And so this particular partnership, I met him on Tinder. And the moment we met in person, like we'd been talking for a couple of weeks. And the moment we met in person, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is it. This is my person. This, this person is so amazing. Like he's everything I said, like I wanted, like, this is so great. Like I had just gone through the huge initiation with money. So like, and business. So my momentum was picking up again. So I felt super magnetic and I felt in my confidence and I felt so embodied. And I was like, yeah, like I'm so confident. I feel so good. And it was, it was really humbling going into that partnership because things did not work out according to plan and things did not go the way that I thought they were going to. And it really crumbled all of my attachments to how I thought relationship was going to look and all of the ways that I like wanted validation by like having my Instagram in relationship look a certain way or having, you know, my partner want to do certain things a certain way. And I, I'm now in this place where I'm getting exactly what I prayed for, which was to have all of those inversions turned inside out so that I could look within myself and see where I was really not trusting and having faith. And I still had so many ego attachments to the way that I thought things were supposed to be versus God's plan for how they're actually supposed to be. And it was divine. Like he, he had come to Playa del Carmen. He had been living there for a few months and he came to Tulum. We spent like a couple incredible weekends together before he went back to his hometown and like packed up all of his belongings and did so much in his life to like close chapters in order to come back and be with me. And we went right into it. Like both of us made these proclamations for like union and partnership and like what we wanted. And we were casting powerful spells with our words and with our intentions. And God was like, oh, okay. Like that's what you want. Bloop, here's all the things you need to look at. And I was just like, whoa, like my world's being rocked. What's happening? And I just really had to like, look at like my business. I, I have been in this massive, incredible, amazing rebirth where I got rid of 85% of my business model. And I said goodbye to like so many of my courses and programs. And I really looked at my calendar and what I truly actually want to have on my calendar and the work that I actually want to be doing and the ways that I want to be doing it. And it was so interconnected to this and this process that's been happening in my partnership. So yeah, I got everything that I prayed for. And when we get everything that we pray for, we often have attachments to the way that we thought it was going to look and feel. And everything that we pray for is actually going to be so much better than it we thought that it was going to. But we have to really be willing to let go of the way that we thought it was going to look in order to receive that gift and that miracle that's within it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because we have that attachment, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was letting that all kind of like marinate. Um, it's funny, like we think that when the thing that we desire shows up, that's when the growth stops. But often that thing is like an initiation into further growth, further development, further looking at your stuff. And like, I remember your ex and that whole situation was all the things that you thought you desired. And then it was like, wait, this is actually not at all what I desire. And it's showing me where all these things I wanted for external validation or to look a certain way or, um, you know, God's like, okay, you can have that, but it's not really going to fulfill you. And I'm going to show you the pain of when you try and cling to the thing because you think you need the thing. So that's beautiful. I love that as a kind of finisher for our, our conversation, because I think that applies to so many areas of your life business. I've seen this in my business a billion fucking times of every time I'm trying to cling and then I release and it's this whole other avenue is shown to me and love and relationships and everything. So Thank you for sharing your beauty and your wisdom with us and your journey. Um, if people would like to find you or, you know, see what you're doing or, or what's going on with you at the moment, how can they find you? Yeah, thank you. I really loved this conversation. It went through so much, like, and the time went so fast because we dropped in and there's so much gold in there. So thank you for facilitating this and for having this conversation with me and people can find me on Instagram. My handle is at you are into it. Y O U A R E I N T U I T like you are intuitive, but without the if on the end. And I'm currently launching. I just launched it today, which is so exciting. My incredible new signature offering, which is called rebirth and relaunch. And this is very much for the healer the guide who has been through the initiation. So the one who has already recognized how big God's mission is for them. And they are ready to walk with someone who's not only going to mentor them or not only going to, you know, create visuals for them, but is really wanting someone who can hold them through this entire rebirth process and really translate that rebirth into the essence of their brand and into the essence of their own sold out signature offering. So it is mentorship, but it's also a synergy with done for you marketing where I'm going to be in the back end. I'm an amazing visual artist. I'm amazing at creating landing pages, web design, templates for social media, aesthetics, brand design, copywriting, really translating the essence of someone's rebirth divinity into marketing. And so that is what this offering is. And you can send me a DM on Instagram if that's just like, oh my gosh, that's what I need. And I will be there. I love that. And it's really funny because um, <laughs> like we're so fucking in sync. I'm launching my rebirth container as well, which is very similar. And I just love that. Like it's the same fucking, we're all given the similar, like, cause we're in tune with the same thing. Right. So we're given a similar like essence of the thing and what people need. And that's so perfect. It just shows me that it's in alignment. Like what we're both doing is so in alignment for a bigger concept of like what wants to work through us. And thank you for that reminder. And I love that guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I would really love if you could jump on, give me a rating, give me some comments, a review on Apple podcasts. Cause it really helps to get this message out to whoever needs it. Give us a share, go join and follow Dana. She's amazing. I love this woman. We have a whole catch up to do lady. We need to have like a proper catch up. I think off this podcast. Um, but I'm until next time, beautiful souls.
I love you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cracked Open. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend if this episode has served you in any way. For more information about the work that I do or to get in touch with me, read the show notes or head to beckmylonis.com. Until next time, beautiful soul.